0: But you're looking for the big ticket items that aren't going to be an expense to you in the next three to five years. It all depends on the market and where you're buying. If you're buying new, you know, 20 years old, 30 years old, they'll come with a level of toleration or expectation when you're buying these properties and hopefully the buyer understands that. Welcome to Real Sask, a podcast
1: about the real estate in Saskatchewan with your host, Atif. Welcome to Real Sask, a podcast where I get together with professionals and discuss the real estate trends in Saskatchewan. I'm your host, Atif. And today we have a guest speaker, Tim Kelly from A Buyer's Choice Home Inspections for China. Thank you for joining us today, Tim.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Atif. We've met before, I think, on a golf course somewhere, yes. possibly. In our past, and then I, I kind of poked the bear there. What six months ago, and watched your podcast. Love what I saw, and, and uh, poked the bear and said, "Hey, when's the <laughs> home inspection edition coming up?" And you promised me that's going to be about a year, and here we are, probably mm-hmm. six months later. And you, you spun me up, and, and here we go. But oh, again, okay. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. That's
1: awesome. Yes, of course. We have a couple of the people. Most of my clients just deal with like two or three home inspectors, and you're one of them. And they just love everything you do, your service, your advice. So. For me, is actually my biggest thing is I want to have good people come on podcasts and talk about what they've been doing. And that's where like, you know, when I was thinking about having people in July, I'm like, you know, I want to get Tim this month. So that's how I reach out to you. But let's start with the basic. Let's talk about who's Tim? How'd you get into business? Sure.
0: Well, I'm Tim. This year, I'm coming 60. So how I got into business was probably the age of 50. Through my career, I've worked in many different facets of Many different businesses, I guess, but mostly customer service based. But I did my electronics in the 80s and my electrical back then. I went into a plumbing career for about five years and then into building cabinetry. So well suited for home inspection as a, I guess, a jack of all trades. I flipped them, ripped them, did a lot of my own renovations and bought and sold through the years. And I I always used home inspectors. So two or three back in the uh, 90s, maybe the 2000s. And I was intrigued about the industry alone, and when I turned 50, I was just kind of sick of making money for everybody else thought I'd go on my own. So started the ball rolling to find a suitable business for myself, and the franchises came up for home inspection, and A Buyer's Choice was one of the companies that had no voice in Saskatchewan. They had a franchise in Saskatoon, but nothing in Regina. So talked to those people, started the career at that point when I turned 50, and been doing it ever since. So... Here we are 10 years later. And uh, yeah,
1: good for amazing you. People. That's amazing. So it, it has been 10 years you've been doing this? Yeah, it's about nine years going on to my 10th year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good for you. So when you start, when you got into the home inspection, like what were some challenges that you faced? Uh, the challenges, it's a
0: long winded educational process to become a home inspector, to be certified in the home inspection world. It took me, I still worked full time. It took me about nine months correspondently, to educate myself and pass all the, the required courses to be certified as a home inspector in Canada. The challenges were that. And the other challenge was I didn't really let anybody know at the time that I was switching careers, that I was taking on this business and becoming an entrepreneur in life. And that was unfortunate that I should have put it out there a lot earlier. As you know, our realtor base, our realtor partners are a big part of our business. And I should have been letting it out a lot earlier, but I just didn't. I just kept it inside. So when I started the business, when I was finally certified and ready to go, I I had nothing. So I had to start the sales process, I guess, in a roundabout way, letting people know who I was from day one. So that was a challenge that I should have reacted a little bit different on. I found social media at that time and started everything kind of day one. So that was a drawback from Getting out of the gate, it took me another year probably to get the confidence of the realty partners to educate them on who we are as a home inspection company and then ultimately get a referral to their clients at the time. The other thing was it's business. I mean, you yourself know you're an entrepreneur. It takes a lot. There's a lot more to being in business than just, you know, putting a slapping a a number on your truck and a pretty picture and getting out and doing business. Sounds good, you know, but there's a lot behind being a businessman in this city. As far as, uh, you know, tax, financial, everything comes to play. You're answering the phone. It's constant. You got to be on emails. You got to get your geek on, you know, as far as computer world and social media world. So there's a lot of moving parts, becoming a businessman in the city. And it's not just one part of it. It sounds good, you know, in theory. But when you get into running a business, it comes at you from all angles. And uh, you got to be ready for that. So,
1: Kudos to you. Yeah, that, that, is, that is amazing, though. So when you did this switch... 50 years old, and you're like, I'm going to get into this business. Were you not like scared? And you're like, you know what I'm doing now? Like, I don't know anything about social media. Like, nobody knows what I'm doing right now. Like, I'm just getting into a brand new business. Were you not scared? Absolutely.
0: scared all my life because I was a budgeted man all my life. I lived by budget, paycheck, you know, not so much nine to five. I managed businesses all the way through. I got heavily into the entertainment industry at the park at Queensbury. Did a lot of different things with the riders and manage people more or less all my life but it, the budget thing and dropping everything and having no paycheck next week as in realtors as in yourself you know every day we wake up broke right we have zero business the morning we wake up it's the same kind of attitude and yeah you're scared absolutely but you go forward right it's, The people that say you describe courage, you're the ones that are scared, but you go anyway. So at 50, and everybody told me I'd be a good salesman. And that's basically what I do is get out there and sell the product that I sell is home inspection. You know, I'm good at my job and I'm good at the career, but it's basically a sales-driven industry where you're getting out, meeting people. As you know, you know, you're connecting with realtors yourself or, or your clients it's constant. It's a constant thing to be taking it to the people and make sure they understand who you are and they say your name and refer you going forward. The home inspection industry isn't a tangible industry. It's sort of like a mortgage broker that you need us every five to 10 years. It's not something you're not selling ice cream cones. You're selling a product that you may not remember the person after 10 years when you need them again. So it's not a tangible sale. But it's about relationship building with the realtors, with your partners, with the clients. And that's how we do business. So yeah, but to answer your question originally, yeah, scared coming out of the gate. And it took a while to get rolling. But now here we are. good a day every day. So yeah.
1: That is amazing. That is like, you know, my brother is 38 years old right now. And he's doing the same thing. He's starting his own company. And he has three kids. And I'm like, "Ah, I've been doing it since I was like, 24, 23 years old. I've been doing this. But like, When my brother told me like last month and I was like, you're 38. Like, it's going to be so tough. You're getting into a brand new business. Like no one knows that you do it. And he was like, you know what, Atif, like, I just don't want to work for anybody else. Now I don't want to work for them and get them paid. So I want to make sure I do it for myself. So like, you know, and now listening, you did it. Like, you know, when you're 50 and you still did it and you're doing it so well, and it's been 10 years and you're still doing really... Like you have to... When you're in your 50s and you're getting into business like this, as you said, one of the biggest thing people don't understand, our job is sales. And a lot of people don't understand that it is about sales. Like, you know, you can do a lot of different things, marketing, social media, meeting people, networking, but it's all about you have to let them know what product you have and why would they come to you. So it is sales, right? doesn't matter, right? You can be a realtor, you can be a mortgage broker. And it's really hard for people to understand that in our business because at the end they always think oh no it's just it'll come to us but they don't understand you have to pick up your phone if you're not used to doing social media you better be on social media doing things right you better be picking up phone and calling people you know and telling them what you do the more people knows about you doing this business the more there is chances of you getting something out of it right but you're probably the first person that actually said that that what what I believe in and which is really good that's why it shows that. And after 50, you started something and you're doing it well now and you're busy. You have been busy for a while, which is amazing. But how do you like, you know, you started when you're 50, you know, it's been 10 years. But how do you balance your personal life? Right. And you're getting into business so late. Like now, do you have any life at all? Do you work seven days?
0: Well, you're, you know, in management, you're in this industry. I mean, I'm just kind of preaching to the choir here, but we're on the job 24-7. The phone rings, you answer the phone. That's your business, right? Commonly on the weekends, I try to take the weekends off the best I can, but that's when the deals happen. That's when the clients are out looking at houses, realtors are dropping offers, they're getting an accepted counter offer and you know how that game goes. But So you're commonly answering the phone calls for the inspections in the upcoming weeks on the weekends or any given day for that matter. So having that work-life balance is tough and it has been tough since that pandemic came around, what, four years ago, three years ago now, Jeez, it's been a long time. But when we thought we would sit on our thumbs and probably didn't know the outcome of the pandemic, what yeah. was going to happen, and it actually went the opposite of what most people yeah. thought, and people started getting out there and you know buying houses, buying lake properties, moving around, moving their offices back to home, and wanting a different home, and been cooped up cocoon in their houses, and they yeah. wanted to change. Everybody wanted to change at that point in life, and it made the industry well, as you know, was crazy in twenty one. I think it was. The last four years have been incredible all three years let's say from 2020 and it's been off you know it's changing now because of the low inventory and the multiple offer situation everything we're going through it changes the dynamic of home inspection everybody wants an inspector fast as they do you they want you to qualify them quicker you know everything is timing now so it's changed from what it was a year ago and then a year prior to that but it's been busy the industry has been super busy and sometimes to the point of craziness and having said that having life balance I'm a single man, you know, I I live alone with a cat. That's it, Well, (laughs) where he is, but that's my life. I have no dependents, I have no spouse and no children to depend on, so it's me. Having said that, I'm still 12 hours a day working, you get home, do some reporting, you're answering emails, you're answering phones, you're doing that business work that nobody really sees. They see the glamour and doing the home inspection and, and then you go home. Well, that's not the case as you know in business, it continues, it's ongoing 24 hours a day. So you look at life balance more so, in the realm of the year so in january february you may have a little more time off than we've been in spring market still you know it's slowing down slightly but not as much and uh that crucial time is probably as you know march into july august and then it ramps up at christmas again just shortly before christmas so the work-life balance comes in the form of a year format versus day-to-day operations, yeah. but it, I mean, it's busy. I live at the lake. I'm a lake life guy. So I have windshield time in front of me, behind me, when I go into the city and do some inspections. So the days are pretty well gobbled up by inspections. And then again, I try to take the weekend off and I got some work to do around here. I bought a rental property years ago at the lake and it still doesn't look much different. So getting the rentals down here is challenging. But you try to do what you do and take some time to relax at the beach, go fishing, go to the beach or whatever it may be, do some golfing.
1: Yeah. It's especially like, as you just said, like COVID was so different for us, right? We just got super busy. Um, Absolutely. So like for me, especially like, you know, I used to get offers on the realtor because, and I know realtors are getting so many offers too. So they had to be creative and they would give us only five days for removing conditions there, <laughs> home inspections yeah. and the mortgage. So I always do the mortgage and I'm like, oh, it's only five days. And I'm like, how is home inspection getting done in five days? These guys probably know, I used to think I don't have life because we get offers on the weekend. And I'm like, Okay, it needs to be done by Thursday, we have to work on the weekend. But then like home inspector days are booked, sometimes for for weeks, like as we were just talking before we start chatting here that you're booked for next week and the week after. So if somebody giving you five days now to like, do the, like, I don't even know how you take time off, but. Well, you know, that
0: timeline is not realistic. By the time you get to your underwriters, say you're, you know, going to be lenders and stuff and myself, you know, but the realtors figured that out long ago that they can't write five days on the offer, right? They're closing. They need the 10 days. They need the two weeks because they're dealing with financial and inspection. And they know that we're booked, you know, to try to get somebody and they scramble. And the problem is that they wait too long. Sometimes the client Mm -hmm. on making a decision of home inspection of who they're going to choose or waiting on financing and it backs everything up. They want the financing in place, obviously, before me. Why would they choose to spend more money unneededly if they didn't get the financing? So it's a real balancing act of of the timing of everything. And then again, it sweetens your offer. The quicker you can get that uh, date to close. Yeah. Date to lift when there's multiple offers involved. Obviously, it's a bargaining tool they use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get that. I understand the industry enough that what we're under. But yeah, sometimes there's got to be some realistic uh, it's tough. timelines it's tough. Yeah. based yeah. on the market. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
1: you live the same thing I do. You're just on the other end of it. That's all. But you're <laughs> going through the same thing I'm going through. <laughs> yeah. Like I get offers sometimes and I'll call real I'm like, man, I can't do it in five days. They're like, there's like seven backup offers. Like, trust me, we would not like those cash <laughs> offer, they, they still accepted ours. But that yeah. was the only thing. And I'm like, damn it. It's like 8pm. And 9. I'm like, you know what, fine. I'll, I'll work on it now. I guess <laughs> because right. because as is that even lenders are applying, it takes at least two, three business days before they even like talk to us about the deal. Right. So exactly. come yeah. back to us asking for more stuff. So it takes about four or five business days there. And then most of the clients, you're right. They'll be like, we don't want to get the home inspection then unless we know we are approved fully. Right. Okay. So it's like, it is a tough call to make, but One of the thing I wanted to know, Tim, so let's say if I'm I'm a buyer, and I'm looking to buy a house, right? What are the couple things that would be a red flag? Let's say I walk into a house, what things should I look at when I walk into the house? And I'd be like, you know what, this is something that I should be aware of before I put an offer or get you involved? What things would that be?
0: Well, red flags, I think a good realtor in the city, if you're accompanied by a good realtor, they're gonna be, you know, my boots on the street, my eyes on the project before I get there. And they should be pointing out a lot of this stuff. It becomes a matter of toleration when they walk into a home to view, gauging their expectation of the house. If you're going into a house that's it's cute, it's in Regina, it's in our Lakeview Hillsdale cathedral area, and the thing is slated at a hundred years old or seventy years old or whatever the case may be, you have to really gauge your your tolerance level to what you're about to find. I mean The foundation, yeah, is going to have problems. As you know, in our province, our city, more or less is the hotbed of Canada for having expansive soils, clay gumbo, if you will, is what they call it. So foundation issues are key. I mean, they're number one. They can scare a client and there's something to watch for, definitely. But I mean, all concrete cracks, that's just the nature of the beast. And in Regina, because of our soils, they tend to sit beside the foundations really well. They don't move. The water doesn't sift through very well. And it causes movement that can crack foundations or sink the footing a little bit. So not to freak people out when they walk into these situations, because there's so many houses in that era of Regina that are doing that. Are you ready to tolerate it? Do you need an explanation? And all, commonly, all they need is an explanation of why it happened. As you know, water is the number one killer of houses. I mean, water comes into play all the time, whether it's the grading, the drainage of the property, the eaves troughs, the roof. Those are the kind of things, they can't really tell big ticket items per se, but you can have an overlook of the furnace. Is it old? Is it going to need to be replaced in the next five years? Chances are you're going to see the roof walking up unless it's the winter. And then foundation is probably the biggest one that they're looking for. Realtors also have, have the trained eye to know what they've looked for. They've been on enough home inspections to know the tricks to look for as they walk into a home to view it with their buyers. So they should be pointing out a lot of that stuff. And the good ones do. Trust me, I work with quite a few good realtors. That my job's done when I walk in. They've already been educated on what the possibilities are and what Tim's going to say. So that's good, you know. And I appreciate those realtors, my heart of hearts, because your work's done when you walk in. They know what to expect. But you're looking for the big ticket items that aren't going to be an expense to you in the next three to five years. It all depends on the market and where you're buying. If you're buying new, you know, twenty years old, thirty years old, they all come with a level of toleration or expectation. When you're buying these properties and hopefully the buyer understands that, that they, when they walk in, are you going to face asbestos? Yeah, probably, you know, you're in the fifties, sixties, is there vermiculite in the attic? Are these things prevalent in the house? There's a good chance they are. And are you ready to be able to tolerate that? It's not a safety issue if it's dealt with properly, but are they able to take on these projects, be it projects or just live within and tolerate whatever issue is going on? So
1: That's really good. That's you know, one of the thing I always tell my clients is like big tickets item, right? Once you walk into the house, you're so right. Like roof is one of the biggest one, windows are another one, right? Like and foundation, right? So right. but it is so tough when your your budget is what you're looking for, and if you're looking for three, four bedroom for under three hundred thousand, you're gonna find those old homes, right? Like that's right. It's it's tough to find new homes with nothing, right? But but if you're comfortable with what Tim is going to tell you that's why I believe in getting home inspection done in every home <laughs> that is Absolutely. I've actually came across it happened to me three times one of the time that I still like you know feel so sad for this guy that I d- did the mortgage and he didn't do the home inspection because his family member his uncle and his cousin or his friends like new construction and when I was advice, I always just tell people what I would do if I was buying a house, but realtor would be able to tell you more because we can't say too much about other things than mortgage. But he decided to go and when well, he comes back, he removed the conditions and there was no home inspection condition. And I was like, what's going on? Like, why would you not get an inspection? He's like, no, we looked at the house. Everything looked good. Don't worry about it. Then a month after possession, he calls me and then he tells me, how do I sue the sale- seller? And I'm like, what do you mean? Sue- like, how- why do you want to sue the seller? He's like we just, there was a wallpaper in a basement wall and we just ripped it. And behind the uh, wallpaper, there's a big crack across the wall. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, there's a big crack right there across the wall. And I'm like, oh my God. He's like, yeah, he's like, I didn't know. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't help you with anything to suing the seller. Like you have to talk to the lawyer about this, but this is where like a story comes. It's like pay $500, $600 to a person because this is your biggest investment, you're going to be doing it, right? right. And at the end, we can't see as like, person like me, I'm the worst when it comes to construction. Like I'm telling you, I don't know nothing. (laughs) I'm good with numbers. I'm really good with doing mortgages, like cases and all that. But when it comes to like construction, like I can't even hang a painting. That's how bad I am. And and I'm like, see, this is just, I walk into the place, if it looks new, I'm good with this. But even like buying houses newer, like you still find issues in them too, because like, we don't know what's behind the wall. right Right. so that's one of the things i wanted to ask you about like let's say if i'm buying a new home right now from a builder right when do you like so i know home inspection should be getting done in those two but when do you recommend getting a home inspection done on that
0: that's kind of a two-part question as far as it's a good question everybody always asks "Oh, what could be wrong with it it's you know it's built by the x builder this builder it'll be fantastic well i'll tell you what mr x builder didn't build the house he wasn't there it was hiring subtrades who yes. hire, you know, as the trades industry in the city, in Canada, you know, just with COVID that went on, it's hard to find good trades, you know, yeah. and, they, and people talk about it every day about handymen and trades. and So these companies have no choice but to hire apprentices and try to educate them and, and train them the best they can to build these houses and nothing against the builders. Don't get me wrong here, but that's what we can fall down. And, and that's the fall down effect of from coming from a builder down to a level of using subcontractors, they become the general contractor. And then it just falls down the hill as far as different contractors working beneath them. And I don't know if you know the trades, but they don't sometimes work well together, be it the plumber, the electrician, whoever that may be, the trim guy, the flooring guy, they don't mash, but they can. So there's a lot of different components in a house that can get missed possibly given the day, the timing of the build. And as we know, the building, it's slowed down now, the new builds, but In the day, it was so hectic, too, of them building their popping houses up so quick that, yeah, things just get missed. So it gives you the opportunity to have that peace of mind when you move into the house that everything's done. Furthermore, that inspection comes a little different detail. It's more of a deficiency report when you go into a brand new build that has never been occupied, now you're looking for paint chips on the wall or different little things that we may let go during a normal home inspection of a 50, 70-year-old house. There's some paint chips on the wall. We don't usually comment on cosmetic issues with the house. It is what it is. You've seen it when you made the offer and the conditions it's in, if there's a scratch in the floor or what have you. On a new build, you're going more for the client as far as the deficiency. Was there a chip on the wall? Did it happen when you move in? And you document that kind of thing. Also, you're looking for just violations in the building practices, standard building practices that do come up. It's amazing that you see them, but you do. It's just the other day we did a sewer inspection on a house out in the East End. And the sewer line underneath the driveway had separated five inches from a new build. And had to encourage the lady to go ahead with the sewer inspection just for peace of mind. Again, it's uh, $150 to, to have that sewer looked at. But now what that house is into is a broken sewer line underneath an aggregate, exposed aggregate driveway. You're not looking at a repair to do a $10 part, dig down and fix the sewer. Now you're tearing out the whole driveway of a brand new aggregate driveway. And that concrete, I don't know what the price would be, the valuation of that. So the lady smartly did a sewer inspection and we caught this. And yeah, it's amazing what can happen. But the second part of that equation, if you do forego an inspection on your new house, which I totally understand. You have confidence in your builder. Uh, You've seen the property and they have a good reputation and all all those things. I suggest you do it probably the 51st week of the year. They do have that new home builder's warranty that's offered by the Builders Association. I think it is. So you were bumper to bumper, covered bumper to bumper for a year in the house that from the date of possession. So I suggest in week 50, 51, then you get us out as a third party to... Oversee the project after it's done its year of living and it's shaken and bacon is what we call it and put some stress on the house over the year and see how it made out after a year. That'd be the best time if you had an option of the two, but by all means, yeah, you should get them done at the beginning. And then maybe even a follow-up inspection at the 51st week before that new home warranty runs out on you. And then you have third party eyes on the project on the home itself versus the builder just coming back and saying, no, everything's okay. We should be okay to go. It gives you that unbiased opinion from a third party inspector. So, I love Two parts of that, I guess.
1: I love how you say 50 and 51 because, like, I do numbers all the time. So, I know it's just right under a year. (laughs) (laughs) I just love how you say the weeks because, like, you know, people who don't do it is so, like, people don't do it. They don't know how many weeks. They probably just have to look it up, but I'll help them. It's like right under because it's 52 weeks in a year. And that's basically right under the year, what Tim means. So Correct. basically you live all the way till the end and then you do a home inspection, which is, which is, right. that's what I tell my clients all the time, because it's good to have that. You want to have a second. eye. I actually bought a home from a, one of the well-known builders in Regina. And that was like five years ago, being in the business, like I actually didn't even know about getting like home inspection done on the new home because it wasn't that common. No one was getting it done. But I was getting into more business, like doing more mortgages and I started finding out that builders were like making mistakes and things like that. So I had a home inspector came in, looked at it, and I had $14,000 worth of the stuff was not fixed or like missing $14,000. So he pointed all that out. I sent the report in and it was, you're right. It was like 11 months. And then we sent the report in and then the builder came and fixed everything. So at the end, you're right. It's the biggest investment. And even if you're coming in and saying, you know what? Everything is good at Like you don't have to worry about nothing, right? That just gives yeah. you peace of mind that, you know what? I can at least leave for like at least 10, 15 years and not have to worry about what's going to happen with this house because not even just a builder, build a brand new house, but I had somebody actually took a look because you're so right with the trades. And I'm not talking bad about trades, but some of them like just don't care. Just don't care at all. I bought a property in Calgary for investment because we opened a brokerage down there too. So I was there for a couple of weeks. And I bought a property and then took a possession and I was renting it out. But before I rented out, they had to do a couple of things. And every time I visited Calgary after two months while they were fixing, it took them like four months to finish everything after they gave me keys, which is don't even want to ask me (laughs) how I felt about that because there was no mirrors, no closet. I couldn't rent it out. But every time I was visiting Calgary and I would go and I would see the house, And they would do one thing and then I would find something else on the wall or there's something they like they were installing mirrors. And then on my railing, on my stairs, there was a big scratch. And I was like, what is going on? So then I would call builder and then builder would come in and like, oh, we will fix it. I'm like, but this is insane because like, you know, trade should be like watching what they're doing. They're going up and they're just installing things, but they're damaging everything else one of the trades they came in they installed a tv on my wall upstairs and they actually like made a hole right across the shower like it was like tile of the shower tile and wow. i was like so now if you think like and i'm not talking bad about it but you're right because they're not the one who's building the home they're just giving it to trades who's giving it to sub trades or whoever it is to build the home so no one even's watching most of the time which is for me, it's like you know, having someone like you coming into a house and making sure everything is good and everything is perfect the way it should be. For me feeling you know there's gonna be no water leaking, no water damage after, there's nothing to worry about, nothing is missing. That's what everyone should be doing. So thank you for saying the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, and important.
0: just you know, to put it in perspective, they're not built like they used to, right? Yes. You buy new houses. Yeah. They're not built like they were fifty years ago, let's say. Yeah. Even the appliances or anything, you know, as you know, appliances now are plastic they last you know you get the call the odd calls about washers fridges stoves they capped out on me well let's and then go back look at the report well yeah the house is 10 years old they're done their life the yeah. shelf life is over of a, an appliance a modern day appliance versus buying old kenmore you know back in the day they would last for 30 years oh, they nice. have one button push to go you know i love inspecting those machines you know they're going to work you know they're not going to be noisy yeah. and they have no issues right mm-hmm. so Again, it falls forward with the houses. Are they using lesser products? Well, not really, but just how they're put together. It's not the detail that they were back in the day of of the structure build, let's call it. So as they work, the builders, they work on such a low margin to build these houses, right? With spec housing, they're, they're cranking them up as quick as they can. They're often under a timeline. So they work on very little margin. So if they can go to the minimum of the code, let's say, and do just the minimal amount of code work, that's where we come in. And is there a better way? Yeah, absolutely. There's a better way. They're meeting code, but at a minimal state. So they used to backfill the house is a lot different and in Regina, because again, back to our expansive soils, should they be a lot better? Yeah, absolutely. Now you're in charge of your own landscaping pretty much when you buy, a, be it an infill or an, a new constituent in the city, one of these spec houses. There's not a lot of bonus done to the mitigation of water. How does the lot mitigate the water? And then you come in as a new build. You're probably looking at doing the landscaping. You're probably looking at a fence. And how are you going to do that? Do you understand what we're talking about? Do you understand the swale of the property? How is it going to work? They've just put it in your hands to say, here, now work with this. And people don't understand that that is a big part of the whole situation. So commonly, to go into that new build and have a home inspection with the client, it's more or less a conversation so they understand what they just bought. They understand the investment they've made and how to protect that investment, whether it be grading, water. The maintenance on the furnace, the water heater, all these things don't last forever. I'm discussing the shelf life of a high efficiency furnace with the client so they understand how to change filters, how to maintain these products like furnaces, water heaters, everything is electronic now. So it's all ran on a different basis than it was 30 years ago. And you have to keep them maintained. It's like your car. If you don't change the role in your car and you drive to Toronto, what can you expect to happen? Well, that's just how it works. And maintenance is a huge part of this home inspection thing. So it's nice to go into the clients of new builds. And just simply educate them. You know, I may not find nothing wrong or minimal wrong, but it's that education process. So they understand what they bought and they're not getting that, right? They're buying a new house and good on them. And they're looking for an investment. But again, like yourself, you said, they don't understand anything. And so they need to be educated to a certain degree to understand the maintenance of a house. And that house can last them forever in that regard. But again, they're not built the same way they were back in the day. And they come with the amount of maintenance that maybe people overlook and they shouldn't really in that kind of an investment anyway.
1: That's amazing. You know what? I was always scared that I've been doing commission job for so long and something happened, what I would do. Now I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's just the, the <laughs> how motivated you are with this, especially like doing it after the age. There were people like, you know what? I'm done. I don't even want to work anymore. And you're just so motivated. Good for you. This is mind blowing. I'm amazed Thank right you. now. So <laughs> what is next for Tim, right? Like, you know, we we know that you started 10 years ago. You're doing so well. Is it Tim trying to grow his team? What's next?
0: You know, I did, I, you know, I'm not getting any closer to 30, let's put it that way. So yeah, is it time to slow down? I did try to grow my team. A buyer's choice is a franchise-based business. So we run probably the biggest home inspection company within Canada and I own Regina. So I have brought on some contractors. I know some of the other guys in the industry, good guys in the industry have a, a member team. They have a few other contractors underneath them. I too tried and the home inspection game isn't for everybody it's a tough industry to be in. You know, one thing when I walked into the industry is didn't think I, you know, I was always in charge of customer service, making people happy, whatever I could do to make people happy. That's what I did. This is a little different uh, premise. When I walked into it, you're the bad guy. You're the devil, man. You're not there to sell a house. You're there to talk about a house in a way that it's going to bring down the the affleck of the room for sure. And I wasn't used to that. You know what I mean? So it's different. You have to be able to gauge the client really quick. Within three minutes, you've got to meet the client, engage the client, and have a conversation about his biggest investment that could carry on for geez, a good portion of their life, right? Yeah. As they renew the mortgage and it goes on. So it's challenging that way. Also, when you can be a home inspector, and they say anybody can be a home inspector. The ones that I've brought on as contractors, now they worked under my name brand. They were their sole proprietorship. They ran themselves under my brand. Like I say, it's not for everybody. It takes a lot of the sales component, like we talked about, the ability to market yourself, the ability to walk into any office on any given sales day and shake hands and start a relationship with these people, be it realtors, mortgage brokers, whoever you're going to, lawyers, bankers, there's so many different facets that you can get to. So that's one component of it. The other component that I think people miss, and they came to me as construction-based folks, they had a great construction background, great inspectors, that wasn't the issue either. But the geek part of it, you know, the geek is a big part of this. It's about 30% of my industry, whether it be continued education, whether it be the hardware, the software of our programming, we crank off on a template on the phone that goes, relates right to a report. So the techno has come a long way. Social media being on there constantly, the ability to, you know, do emails, Excel spreadsheets and the whole Microsoft Office game as it pertains to your business side of it, taxes, all that stuff writing verbiage, writing reports, being analytically correct, which I'm not. There's a lot of different components to it. So it's not just home inspection like you see, and that didn't turn them off, but it's not easy. It's a long day at the end of the day. And so we have parted ways with a couple of the contractors that I had, and now I'm back to myself and I like it that way. I mean, there was a lot of training involved and stuff like that. So I'm back on my own, not to say that I won't, you know, possibly take someone on again in the future, but it's back to me. I'm responsible for me and I do it my way. And that's the way I do it. Is it is tough. Yeah, it, it is, is tough. tough. It can it be is. tough. And, you know, Tim Kelly's not for everybody. Like I always say, Tim Kelly's not for everybody, but he's a lot of things to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. And that's really tough to find, especially the way we do the work and we're trying to make it so perfect, giving what people are looking for. And then somebody else comes and. They don't have the same vision or they don't want to do that's the right. same way that you, you're doing it it kind of hurts because you're like you know yeah. i just gave you everything and good on you
0: and, and you that have was, a work ethic that is you know it's hard to teach your work ethic it's it, not it is so
1: hard it is so hard that, that is a, one of the of things I, i'm blessed with with our team we are a team of 15 brokers now that yeah, is That's fantastic. Team. but it's seriously it's, not gonna lie every one of my team members actually Doing what I don't think I can do it. So it's like, it's it's amazing to find that many people as willing to do like more things than you are doing. So, but I do get calls, I get mortgage associate applications like at least two, three times a week right now. This is how many okay. I get every, but, but then you talk to them and you're like, you know what? This is not going to work out <laughs> because yeah. you, you just have to say no. Because at the end, once you realize that if you're going to give your energy to people and they're not going to do what you're looking for, it's just going to hurt That's you it. at the end, your emotions, your feelings. Yeah. And you're like, what did I miss? Why are you not doing right. it this way when I'm trying to teach? I'm giving you everything on a platter that you can make exactly. so much money. Why don't you just follow? <laughs> yeah, and exactly. it is tough. That's so try to train,
0: it. But that, that work ethic is hard to train. That, that sense of urgency that we have because yeah. of the timing, because yeah. of just things we've talked about in this podcast, that it's non-negotiable, right? When you're dealing with clients, when you're dealing with realtors or, or brokers, they don't want to hear your story about why you can't do it. They want to hear the yes they yes. don't want to hear the no yeah. thing they get that right so it becomes a sense of urgency and how can you have pride in your job and go forward and become that sense of urgency that they're the ones that you can rely on and that's my realtor partners they love me for that I'm consistent if i say yes i'm going to say yes but if i do say no and no is one of the answers yeah they appreciate that too and they respect that but they know if i say yes it's done they can rely on me you know for that purpose and i didn't find that so much with having you know subcontractors it was always a constant struggle. Were they following up? Were they respectful to the to client, the broker, the uh, realtor? That this is a timing operation. This isn't, you know, just this isn't what you, you say about it. It's yeah. all on timing, right? I mean, big time. And yeah. you expect yeah. that and the client expects that. So you got to be on point as far as timing goes. And it's, again, it's just not for everybody. Can you handle
1: it? You know? Yeah. yeah. So, it's just, especially with our job. It's not like, that's why I'm like so surprised that you decided to go this route. After doing something else for so long, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to drop it and I'm going to get into this because our job is sometimes easy, especially the last two, three years. It has been busy where we had no life, right? So, like, you know, kudos to you, where you, you're actually doing something and you're still loving it for you doing it. So, right. you know, you're not tired. I actually, there was a point that I'm like, I need a vacation, but you can't because we're such a, like, every time you get a purchase contract, you're like, oh, now you have five days to get everything done. So, how can you even go on holidays and do something? So, it, it was tough. Um, and finding the right people to like actually take care of your business, that's another situation that just it's so hard to people to understand the timeline, which is hopefully, you know, me and you will figure it out. <laughs> and it's like, you know, something will work out. But thank you so much for your time today, Tim. How do people find you?
0: They can find me on the web, on Google, Home Inspectors Regina. I'm highly rated on Google by review. and. And that's the power of the franchise has the ability to rank us up there in Google search, which commonly that's where you find home inspectors, Regina, right? Yeah. yeah. When clients or brokers or mortgage brokers or realtors, they do suggest that you should have a, here's three uh, home inspectors, go ahead and find one for yourself. And then people search Google. So I am found that way a lot. It's not all my realty partners that I work for. I get all the FISBOs, you know, for sale by owner, people just searching for home inspection outside realty world. So, you get a lot of that phone calls too. I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of Google phone calls. Joe wants his farm done out in less or whatever the case, not realty based. It's turned over in a state, maybe to an aunt. So, they wow. find me that way. My phone number, yeah, it's on that website. And you can link me through there. No problem. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. And yeah, link me through there if that's what you need.
1: Awesome. Perfect. No, no, actually, that's so funny because before we start talking, I actually typed in your name on Google and I was like, 115 google reviews he must be doing something good <laughs> because that is trust me i know how hard it is for people to give us google reviews because for me even giving like you know now i'm really good at it like i'm trying to be good if there's a good service i will make sure i give them google review because they deserve it and that's how our business arrive. but it's so hard to like go home and then you stop you log into google you go into that thing and then you give them google reviews. Yes, yeah, absolutely even if somebody gives me a Google review, I'm like, oh, wow, like they actually gave us like three minutes or five minutes out of their busy life, which is that shows that you've done a really good job. It is on,
0: appreciated. It is appreciated. That is really,
1: really so for you, especially like, you know, being in this home inspection side, and it's like, you know, not realtor or like not giving them money and you're being in the middle where you're probably giving them a lot of bad news to with good news, <laughs> but they're still yeah, going home. you. We, just tried, we try to
0: balance it not to be yeah. bad news. Yeah. Money okay. fixes everything, as yes. you, know, you know, when they go in a house. But again, it's all about the tolerance. When they walk into a house, are they willing to tolerate a few things? There are some deficiencies, don't get me wrong, that come up that have to be spoken to in that manner. But yeah. generally, we have a conversation about your house. We make sure you're educated. Home inspection is a technically exhaustive, non-invasive look at the property. So what that means is back in the day, they used to carry a flashlight. That was it, a visual yeah. inspection. So you weren't allowed to open up furnace panels or electrical panels. That wasn't part of the game. There wasn't specialized tools like infrared thermology, moisture meters, radon detectors. There's things now in the industry that have just come with society and the involvement of home inspection. But back in the day, it wasn't that. So, but when people come in, it's all about safety and maintenance. Commonly, you're just explaining the house. Here's the reason this happened. Here's what happened. Here's the reason why. And here's possibly the source to fix it. Is it severe? No. It's just part of buying a 70-year-old house. And you try to educate them on that, of what they're buying. No house is perfect. We know that in the city. Home inspectors know that. Realtors know that. No house is perfect, but it's about having that conversation and painting a picture of their house. Painting a picture, telling a story visually with pictures or in person in that walkthrough portion of the home inspection that you're just painting a picture of what they're about to invest in and where they should be putting their priorities possibly. And is something that severe that it needs to be addressed straight away, or can it wait? You try to prioritize, you know, the window's okay for another five, 10 years, the shingle's okay, these big ticket items. So it's about having a conversation and just speaking to the house openly and having that. Uh, that's what I like to do anyway, is just have a conversation about the house, not to alarm them in any way. And if there's something that does need attention, we call in a, an ancillary inspection, be it structural engineers, um, furnace guys, whatever the case may be, an electrician, a plumber. To investigate further, as in home inspection, we're a general practitioner. Let's say we're not a specialist in any one area, so Mm -hmm. we overview the house, and if we have to make a call to bring in a professional, then that's what we do at that time. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that 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 does make sense. Which is you must be doing your job really well, because as again, like you know, if I find I'm buying a house, is like ten thousand dollar thing needs to be fixed. I'm like, ah, Tim. I don't like you. <laughs> so <laughs> you must be doing something right there because actually yeah. people going home and giving you a good good Google reviews means you're explaining them really well, which shows your work and you've been doing really well. But thanks again for your time today and best of luck in your business, Tim.
0: All right. Thanks for having me. Have a great afternoon.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Real Sask. Stay
0: tuned and subscribe to ATIF's channel to hear more about real estate in Saskatchewan.